Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, Silver Lake. Pastor James here. Um, glad to come to you again here this morning for Silver Lake Baptist Church, our Sunday morning worship service. So, so great to um, see all you guys there. And just by faith, I know there's a bunch of you there. I really miss you guys. I know I keep saying that, but man, I do. I look forward to the day that's coming soon when I can actually kind of see your guys' faces and stuff. So anyway, I just want to encourage you today. Today is the greatest day of your life. God's got great plans for you and he's not done. And we see all kinds of things going on around us and it can be kind of scary. But I want to encourage you this morning that God is still in control. God is still on the throne and he has not forgot you in any way, shape or form. So this is getting ready this morning. I was kind of um, thinking of things that that I could do to um, share with you. And I had some stuff in, in my heart and in my mind to, to share with you and so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to um, pray about it for a minute because it didn't settle. And, and like a lot of times when I get up to preach, it's like, like like the Holy Spirit will say, hey, I want you to go this way. I want you to go that way. And so he kind of done that to me this morning and and um, made me think because there's so much different stuff going on in so many different people's lives and people are being affected by stuff so differently, right? And so um, some people, man, you're like, living the high life you're like woohoo I, I don't like to go out anyway so this is just perfect to me and then other people are like they can't stand to stay in their house for the night to sleep let alone <laughs> be quarantined in their house and not get to go out and so so you got all different aspects uh, of people and reactions and and how God created us and how God responds with us too and so um, I just wanted to address some of that stuff um, this morning in a biblical way to, that I can, maybe we can get a little bit of comfort knowing that, that God's still with us and, and his timing is impeccable and he, he actually knows what he's doing, even though sometimes we don't think he does, right? So like, am I the only one who always tells him what I think he should do? <laughs> like, God, you're not doing that, right? It's like, I know more than him, right? Anyway, I was, um, <clears throat> Coming back, I was taking care of a horse this morning and and coming back and um, I realized that, that today is the first, it is the first weekend in May. Like to a lot of people that may not mean anything, but to me, that means one thing. It means Kentucky Derby. And I love the Kentucky Derby. I love the Triple Crown races. I grew up watching the horse races. In fact, when I was in high school, I actually <laughs> went to work at the racetrack um, next next to well, it was about ten miles down from where I I um, lived. But um, I started out in the um, clubhouse bussing tables just so I could get to the racetrack and get close to the horses before I could work my way down to the horses. And so I was just loved the horses and loved watching them run and the heart that they have. And so I I even remember like some of my memories that come from that was with like my grandpa and um, it's my dad's dad actually. And he was not a cowboy. <laughs> he was a preacher and, and um, he, he was, um, <clears throat> he was actually a construction guy and, and um, done a lot of house building and built a lot of churches and stuff like that. But I remember he, he was, he wasn't 
like me. He he wasn't serious all the time. He was kind of a jokester. So I remember it didn't matter. I'd be over at his house and it'd be Saturday. The horse races would come on and and I'd be like, Grandpa, let's watch the horse races. And he'd be, he'd be like, we don't want to watch those mules run. And I'd argue with him for 10 minutes about the mules running. And then he'd find that they're not mules, they're horses. And he'd finally turn the turn the page over or the channel to it and he'd sit there and watch watch it with me teasing me the whole time but for me it brought back some memories and I didn't realize till this morning that there's so many things that that we connect with in our lives and it comes to with times and with seasons and so like for some of us like we're baseball people I'm not a baseball people I'm speaking for you <laughs> Like, I really could care less about baseball. I mean, it's fun. I don't mind going to a game every once in a while, but, but I really didn't play much. And now if you talk to my son, that'd be a different story because he's a baseball guy, right? But some of you are just like that. So now baseball season's coming. The end of basketball season kind of been, been cut short. Like some of you guys love to go to movies. Like, and you haven't been able to go to movies. And, and um, some of you guys even like to go like camping and, the sun starts coming out and things start happening. And then these season and these times trigger stuff inside us. And, and it can cause us to go into a place where we're like, not not real good. And so I'm, I have a heart this morning to share with you. I want you to be encouraged and to know that all those things are good, man. And even the memories that they bring with it, and they're not done. We're going to see them again. And and it's going to be okay. There'll be another Kentucky Derby. There'll be another Triple Crown. There are, there'll be another baseball season. And maybe this season they'll be able to catch catch up. <laughs> there'll be another, you know, soccer season coming up or, or whatever it is. The movies are going to open again someday, right? Camp, camping's getting ready to open up pretty quick too. So all that stuff's going to work out. And we're just kind of in a season where, where we're not able to to think and do like we used to do. And so, but it's not all bad. And that's what I wanna encourage you with this morning is it's not all bad. God's got some good things in mind for you and he wants to do some good things. And I wanna, I just wanna share with you a little bit this morning. And I was thinking about like, you see the all these sports and they talk about leaving a legacy. And um, <clears throat> it made me think, what's our legacy gonna be? What are we gonna live? What What about when we go through these rough times? What if we're the people that shrink back and say, oh, I just wanna give up or I don't wanna make, or I can't make it. I don't wanna be like that. When I, when I leave a legacy behind, I want people to know, you know something? He believed God. That's the biggest legacy you could ever, ever leave behind is when people can say, you know something? He believed God and no matter what it looked like. He didn't always believe God perfectly, but he believed God. God. And so that that's a great legacy that, that we can leave behind. And and then um, we struggle a lot of times with our purpose in this season. And basically our purpose is why we get out of bed, right? It's why are you living on this planet? And if we've put it in any of those things, we're going to be sorely disappointed because all that stuff can pass away but we have a purpose that's higher and more valuable than all that stuff. And it only comes through Jesus. And so when, when we find our purpose and find what that is, then we know, you know something, 
It's not about all these things that I can attain or all these things that I can do, but it's about finding life in the Lord of life. And his name's Jesus, right? And so we get our purpose. And then when we get our purpose, we have a vision and then we set goals and, and we're trying to find out this is where I want to go. And this is what I got to do to get there. And then God jerks the carpet. God didn't jerk it out, but maybe the carpet gets jerked out from underneath you. Sometimes God does too, right? But he, not, not in this bad thing. This does not come from God, right? But he will work it out for our good. So anyway, so we have to change course. So I was thinking in, in Ecclesiastics, Ecclesiastes, is a Ecclesiastics to this cowboy, right? Come come up to me and and I as I was thinking about Solomon, he starts off Ecclesiastics with this. Now now listen to this. We're gonna start off in Ecclesiastics chapter one, verse one, and it said, The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Now see, one thing we, we need to understand about Solomon is like he was here only because of promise and it wasn't very long ago like in Second Chronicles here where we're here in Solomon dedicating the temple and and he's got a great moment of victory and and here's his prayer in Second Second Chronicles chapter 6 verse 14 and he said oh Lord God of Israel there is no God like you in heaven or on earth you who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you had fulfilled it as it is today. So Solomon not only um, um, knew about the promise, but he literally saw the promise fulfilled and what God promised to David and, and was the start uh, of a dynasty that would go all the way to the lineage of Jesus, the, the actual king of kings. And so here's Solomon. He's already seen. He's seen God prosper him and he's seen God giving wisdom and he's seen God. God, the Bible actually says, says that silver and gold was more common than stones in Jerusalem. Right. And they had like cedar coming in and stuff to build and wood to come in and build stuff. And it was common. Like it was like, can you imagine gold being common? I guess it was kind of like heaven. Right. Because the Bible says that the streets of gold in heaven are, are, are the streets in heaven are paved with gold. Maybe it was kind of like heaven a little bit. So here he is literally living on heaven in on heaven, in heaven, on earth. Right. And seeing God do great things. And now as he's seen God do great things on, on earth, just like he was in, in heaven, I wonder a little bit if maybe he got his eyes off of, the, off of the one who provided all that and his eyes onto that stuff for just a moment. Because there's a change in Solomon. Either there's a change or the dude needed some medication and a good therapist. You know what I'm talking about, right? Because it goes all the way from that to, to hear in Ecclesiastes chapter one, where he says, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Some of you might've woke up this morning feeling the same way. 
I don't know about you, but I had mornings like that every once in a while, or I've had nights when I come home like that. I was like, why did I even do that? What was this all about? What's going on? But here's Solomon, right? He He's he's a king that has all God's wisdom, and he's the wealthiest man that the earth has ever seen it. And now he's, man, and you want to be a cowboy and talk about horses? He had more horses and the best horses that anybody, right? It, you worry about... about um, all kinds of things that could happen. Was he in luxury? Man, the dude was loaded. But what he's saying here is impactful and we can we can learn a lot from it because he's saying meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under his son? Well, duh. I mean, look what God's blessed you with, right? I mean, come on, man. Well, you should be the last person, Solomon, that has any any problem with this, right? Because the world says all this stuff makes us happy. Like money makes us happy and and stuff makes us happy. But when, um, having a position makes us happy. But when all that stuff's gone and there's nothing left, all you have is your identity and God. And if your identity is based on those things, you're going to be lost and you're going to be hurting and you're not going to know what to do. And I think God might have been doing something here in Solomon's life or to show us even now that, you know what, you can have everything, but it's not, it's not going to be enough. You can see it with, with the wealthy of the world and, and all the stuff. Now, there's nothing wrong with wealth, right? There's nothing wrong with money. Money is a great servant, but it's a horrible master. God wants us blessed. And when we can be blessed and, and bring, bring um, be a blessing to the world because we have so much stuff, that's God's plan and God wants that. But when we put the money as our, as our master and we put the money as our goal or we put our position like as our goal or, or it could be anything, you could put your family as, as your goal. You could put religion at above God. And what you're doing literally is you're putting everything above God that really has no place being above God because there's nothing above God, period. I think of the rich young ruler that Jesus talked to, right? And and he come up and, and he, he's like, hey, he's, a, he's, a, he's like, well, what do I do to be saved? And Jesus said, I want you to give everything away, um, you know, um, and follow me. And do you know what he did? Like, I ain't gonna do it. I got too much. So here, here's a, the rich young ruler, and he he thought that that he had done everything and kept every commandment and done everything that God had, God would require. But he Jesus brought him to a place to where he realized that you know something, you didn't even keep the first commandment, which was was to put the Lord God, not to have any gods before him, because he couldn't give up what he had and follow. Jesus. And so um, we can't put that stuff ahead of God. We got to put that stuff um, where it belongs as our servant. And it's not bad, but God is our ultimate source. And he's the one that we follow. And he's the one that that should be um, worshipped, right? So anyway, I don't want to ramble on this morning, but I, I, I want you, and I don't want you guys to think in any way, shape, or form I'm hitting that that all that stuff's bad. Having a title is not bad. Having money is not bad. Having a nice house ain't ain't bad. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is when we put our focus 
and, and our um, expectations and our identity and that stuff, we're setting ourselves up to fail. Amen. What does, again, what does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the north and turn uh, to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye has has enough as the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What is he saying? He's he's like, there's always gonna be something you want. There's always gonna be something else out there. There's always gonna be something to to attain. It's like you can do everything that you think you can do, but you're never going to get there, especially in, in your own power. A lot of us do that with salvation. We think that we can earn enough um, favor with God by our works, and that's not how it works. It doesn't come by our works because we can never do enough works. It comes by His work and His finished work, and because of that finished work, we do good works. It's it's backwards how, how we put it, and that's why religion is can be so dangerous and it's about relationship not religion so here here he is talking and i'm going to speed through this because because i know you guys got other stuff to do today i'm sure right <laughs> anyway um ecclesiastics chapter one is where i'm at but um i'm going to jump down here and um and i'm going to probably go over here to ecclesiastes chapter 2 and 24 but on my way there i want to talk to you for as I get there, because as you read the subtitles of the of what he's talking about in the these subsections and chapters, he goes on and he says he starts listing stuff that's that's meaningless. This is a number one thing he got from God that he's going to list here uh, as meaningless. He says wisdom is meaningless, and then he goes on down here to chapter two and he says pleasure is meaning meaningless. Right, and and I and I gotta kind of think a, a little bit. What's most of the world seek after, and the things that they run over, run after, is mostly meaningless. And when I say the world, we can we can run after that stuff too. Pleasure is meaningless. Wisdom and folly are meaningless. And then he's coming down here, and he's like, work is meaningless. And so he goes on, and he says, work is not meaningless. Right. But when you're working as your identity, it's meaningless. When you're you're working just just to put your your title and your purpose in that, you're you're gonna be be um you're gonna be beaten down, right? Not by God, but by um, where we putting uh, put putting. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not Russian. I promise. Right. Anyway, so. I hated life because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it is meaningless, a chasing after the wind, right? I hated all things I toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to one who comes after. He's like, man, I've done all this stuff and now I'm going to leave it to someone else. I mean, like he should be excited about that because 
Because like the Bible says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, right? He, his focus was basically totally knocked out of kilter here, right? And who knows whether he will be a wise man or a fool, right? And he's worrying about his stuff when he's going to be gone. Do you hear what I'm talking about? I mean, how silly is that? Then it comes on down here to 24, verse 24, and he says, A man can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his work. This, too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the man who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. Ah, ha, ha, now I know where Solomon's going. He's like, I'm going to let you guys know that all this stuff's great, but this isn't the, the, the fine points. It's about God and about a relationship with God and about knowing God. Like in Ephesians, we talk about, he talks about his wi wisdom and knowledge that he gives us so that we can know him better. That's what he wants from you. That's how you can have a relationship or, or um, a relationship with him is just to come to him. Say, hey, Father, I want a relationship with you. I want you to be my focus. And when he when he is, like all this stuff going around, it's not going to phase you because your focus is on him. I was just working with a horse and, and like there, he was scared and there's stuff clanging all around us. So I just got his feet moving. I got, got his foot stepping here and stepping there. And pretty soon he's like, wait a second, you're safe. I can trust you. You know what you're doing. You're confident. So it didn't matter what was banging around us, the wind blowing, you know, mowers going all around, cars backfiring. Everywhere I went, he's going with me because he's like, you are my focus now. You are my safety now. You you are who I put my trust and confidence now. And like, I can shake the horse, right? Why? Because he knew that, that I he could trust me and he knew that, that I had a heart for him and he knew that I could protect him and he knew that it was more than about more than just what everything that was going around, but it was about who's he who's he was and whose he was with. And that's what we can know as God does a work in our in our heart in, in our life. And he goes on and he says, but to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the, to the one who pleases God, man, that should be a party time for, for you. If you know Jesus, right? The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous man, right? That's, that's what he's, he's saying. Watch this. And this too is meaningless because you're chasing after them, after the wind. Remember, we've been talking in, in Matthew chapter six, where, where, where he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to, to you, right? He said, don't, don't seek after what you're going to wear or what you're going to eat because the pagans even seek after these. And that what he was saying is the world, everybody in the world seeks after these things because they need these things. But he says, but if when you seek me first and you put me first and, and you seek my kingdom and my, which is his way of doing things, and his righteousness, his domain, and his righteousness, not your righteousness, then he says, all these things will be added to you. And then, you know, when I first, um, like, I got to be honest, right? Because, like, for most of my generation, I didn't learn about this next uh, part of Ecclesiastes, which is in, in chapter 3, verse 1, which I'm getting ready to go to, until I seen a, a movie when I was a kid, and it was called, Footloose. I don't know if you guys remember that. 
about movie, but anyway, um, Kevin Bacon comes on with his Bible and he's sharing the scripture so that these kids who weren't allowed to have a have a school dance because of something that went real real bad, but he gets up there and gives this great sermon, right? To to this whole town hall. And this is the scripture that he used in 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 the sermon. And um like like every time I think about that, I was like, you know, I don't remember a Sunday school teaching me that, but I remember Kevin Bacon doing that, right? So he didn't even know he was a preacher. He didn't even know he stuck it in my head, but he did, right? Like it says this. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. You know, we're in a time right now where you're, where you're like, man, well, there's not a time for quarantine or there's not a time for this. Yeah, there is. I'm telling you, God's still in control and he still holds time in his hand. He's not in time. He's in eternity, but he controls time and he knows he's got a time for you. And this is your time, right? This is your place. This is where you were born to be. Like, well, yeah, I believe that. I was born to be quarantined or born to... No, I don't mean that. God's placed you here for a season and a purpose. And he's not done with you. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to re time to embrace, and a time to refrain, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace, can you, do you think he's like maybe a Rolex sales stockholder or something, right? For the watches, because he's talking about time. Like, in fact, I, I should have worn my watch today and I did, right? Because I wasn't worried about time. <laughs> you might be worried about time. You're like, is this guy going to ever shut up? And I promise I'm on the back back uh, stretch right here. Um, thinking of back stretches. I'm missing the Kentucky Derby. I can't believe it's gone, you know? or postponed till next year. Meaningless, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, Ecclesiastes chapter nine. What does a worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Well, I don't have time, you know, the this, extended thing just got extended and I've got things to do and I mean I'll tell you what I've got so much that that I want to get done and so much that and it's not just my stuff is for the kingdom and I got so many opportunities to advance God's God's kingdom and I feel like a lot of times that I'm stifled and I'm not I'm not able to do that and God keeps reminding me as I keep following him and keep doing what he's doing it, I'm getting it the opportunity to reach more people than I ever could if this had not happened. And so we just got to trust him and know, you know something? His timing is perfect. And in this time and in this season, people are hungry and they want to know Jesus and they want to know something that they can hang their hat on and put their trust in because all that stuff is going away. 
for some people like like not all people some people are doing really good some people are crashing it depends on who you are on how it's hitting you but if you've ever go through something where you've seen everything go away it's one of the hardest things you'll ever go through in your life and so my heart goes out to to people who are going through those things and my prayer is that that you hang in there because god will restore that but God is more concerned about your heart than anything else. And when we give him our heart and we give him our trust, we know that he's going to come through for us. Amen. And then, then it says this, he has sent, sat eternity in the hearts of men. You know what he's like? It's not, not just about us being here. It's just not about time. He says, we're talking about time, but he said, I'm thinking about eternity. <laughs> we think so much about, about what our regimented thing's gonna be. And God's like, man, you have all the time you'll ever need, right? He's like, because when you accept Jesus, you're no longer in time, you're in eternity because you will live forever. And that's good news, right? That's why, that's the gospel right here. In Ecclesiastics, in the middle of all this meaningless stuff, right? Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. So I'm going to close right there because I think it's important to just set this up again to where it's good to have stuff, but it's not good when stuff has us. And I am not worried about that at all with this group or with most of you guys who are going to be watching. But I have to watch that in my own life, too. It's like, where am I going to put, where am I going to put my confidence? Where am I going to put my faith? Where, where am I going to put my trust? Where am I going to put my eyes? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what Matthew 6 says, right? Where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. That's what you can trust in. That's what you can hang your hat in, on in this season and in this time. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys so much, Silver Lake. And I'm looking so forward to seeing you guys again. And um, hang in there. Keep your head up and know that God is in charge and in, in control. Anyway, God bless you. We love you. And ha have a great morning. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.